Hello all, welcome to SN Off the Shelf. I'm Chloe Riley, executive editor of Supermarket News, and today we're talking AI and ChatGPT. And we have uh, Prashant uh, Agrawal, CEO of uh, the AI solution company Impact Analytics, who is here to talk with us today about the importance of AI in grocery. Prashant, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Wonderful. And, and, and where are you joining us from today? So I'm joining from Washington Crossing, Pennsylvania. If you're familiar with George Washington Crossing the Delaware, and for those that are on a podcast, they can't see it, but George Washington is pointing like this and directing our troops uh, across the Trenton uh, or the Delaware River. That's right. Nice. Nice. Okay. Very American-centered location today. Thank you, Prashant. Uh, wonderful. So, Prashant, I feel like, you know, let's let's start with ChatGPT. Why not? You know, we hear so much about this technology. I feel like, you know, as a potential disruptor, uh, you know, as we can, we can be getting it to do all these tasks for us. Um, but, you know, but how really should grocers be thinking about it? What's, you know, what's the use case they should be thinking about? How, how should they be using this on a regular basis? So, you know, there's a lot of technology that people say, oh, this is going to change everything. And when somebody sent me say something about IBM and Watson and how this was supposed to change everything, maybe five or six years ago, if you remember Deep Blue and IBM Watson trying to change everything, I think, as they often say, this time is different. It will change everything. This is something that is actually going to be used by all of us. And the quicker people adopt it, the better it is. If I was a grocer and I was sitting and saying, okay, where can I use it? The answer is literally everywhere, but you have to start somewhere. And I think there are a couple of places you can start. One is around marketing and customer service. Think about search and how people search on a grocery today, right? And you search for broccoli or you search for milk, but you also search by the diet you're doing. A lot of people are doing keto. So what are the top 10 keto foods? What are the top 10, whatever the diet of the week is, or whatever they're trying to do? ChatGP3 can really make this easier, right? And much more relevant that way. But marketing, customer uh, service, all of that will be using it. But so will the whole organization, training and having training to people. One of the things that we're doing is enabling it um, in something we call Monday Smart. So every day, every week, you want information. How is my store doing versus other stores? How is my category doing versus other categories? You can just ask it a question now and get back answers. In some ways, it's like magic, like, whoa, this is all the information I ever wanted. But it's like having an AI assistant to give you the answers right away. That's amazing. Now, how does that work? Is that like uh, you have to plug in all that store data in, in order to be able to get that real-time data at some point? Yeah. So I think that part of this is also looking at the schemas. Um, so one of the things that's really important uh, about ChatGP3 is making sure that you understand both the legal and the data, data privacy issues. So one of the things that we're doing as a company is not exposing data, but exposing schemas to ChatGP3. So we're never giving it, it our data because frankly, the way it looks like it's, it's written right now that it becomes their data as well. So you don't want to do that, but you can expose schemas so that it understands the answer through those schemas. Um, around that. So, and give me, give me an example of a schema, example so of a schema. kind of have a sense of what that looks like. Sure. I mean, so one of the things you could do is cluster of stores. 
you expose what the schema is for your clusters without giving it the cluster of stores. So when you ask a question about, hey, how are my Iowa stores doing? Or how are my cold weather stores doing? It knows how to pick up what stores there are without exposing which stores they are, right? It understands where to pick that up within the database. Mm, yeah, no, that makes so much sense. So just kind of protecting that data while still uh, kind of indicating it to enough that it, it can um, sort of give you an idea of what that grouping is is doing or looking like in, in that moment. That's right. That's really um, cool. And it's it's something that, you know, if you look at it, we've all been using in some way, in some way over the last few years. I think we all use Gmail today, or at least a lot of us use Gmail. I'm sure there's some people on AOL. But if you use Gmail, you know, it's gotten smarter and better over the last few years in terms of actually giving you a response. It's reading what somebody else has written, and oftentimes it'll give you the first response. Oh, thank you, or I'm not interested, or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, great. It just saved me a few seconds or a minute of typing. Now, and this was just released last week, or um, just give it something like, I want to write an email to United about a customer complaint. Boom. And um, 10 seconds, it gives you an email that, that's been drafted that way. Right. I know that is, it's so bizarre to plug that in and see something pop up. That's just like the most remarkable email that you would never write yourself written in 10 seconds. It's incredible what it's doing. So I think that's where, you know, marketing, customer service for sure uh, should start to think about using it. Again, the key here is to make sure that you're not exposing your data, your customers' data into it. So I think that's that's really important here. And are there any limitations sort of, or are there any challenges of where ChatGPT's technology is right now that uh, grocers should be aware of, like sort of the, you know, the legality that you're talking about and being aware of that? Um, are there other things that we should be paying attention to and grocers should be paying attention to? It's really, it's data. It's data, 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 right? It used to be called big data. Then it was called advanced analytics. Then it was called AI. And now it's called generative AI. It's making sure that you own your data as a grocer that you don't expose your customer's data or your own to some third party that can then use it. Um, I think, and really around the customer's data, I think as we were getting the data from one grocer uh, eight months ago, one of their mid-level person said, oh my God, we're exposing our data to impact analytics. And the CEO turned to him and said, we can't make sense of our data. Why are you worried about it? If they can help us, that's great. So I think that there is a, you know, a trade-off between exposing data and making sure that it's being used, uh, what you don't want it to end up is in the ether world, right? Where anybody can use it. Sure, no, absolutely. All about the data, all about protecting the data, a great takeaway there. Um, uh, Prashant, let's switch over to just kind of more the AI big picture. You know, what what's going on with AI right now? You know, how are grocers using it smartly? Uh, and, and what are some of the main pain points, you know, that AI can be helping retailers solve right now? So I think one of the things that we do, right, is we help forecast. And forecasting is is something that's very difficult to do. Tell me what's going to happen tomorrow is almost like asking a magician, hey, what's going to happen tomorrow? And I think what one one thing that grocers need to do is actually use AI to forecast. Because one of the things that we're very good at in grocery is using last year to forecast this year to some degree, right? 
And it worked for us till COVID. COVID broke everything, right? It wasn't the best thing in the world to use last year to forecast this year, but 2019 can't be used to forecast 20, 20 can't be used to forecast 21, 21 to 22 and so on and so forth. The world broke with COVID and so did our forecasting. And what AI can do is actually bring algorithmic models to actually forecast better. So I'll give you two examples of this. One, during COVID, we had a surge on toilet paper, right? Toilet paper, we, we as a country said, the world is going to hell, but we're not going to run out of toilet paper, right? We may all die, but we're going to be happy with toilet paper. Now, obviously, we did not end up using more toilet paper than before. That was a big stock up over there. Now, I guess we work from home, so there is a little bit of a, a bump up because we're more at home than at work. Uh, but the quantum of total toilet paper is still the same, whether it's office or home. There's a trend line there, and you have to understand, is this trend line something that's going to continue forever or something that's going to spike back downwards? AI models can pick that up very quickly. I think the flip side of that is bacon. We as a country also decided during COVID that we like bacon. And along with toilet paper, we're going to be happy and have bacon. As COVID is over, and I guess, you know, the government officially said that last week that the pandemic is over, we still like bacon. We have elevated uses of bacon or, or you know, usage of bacon. So we as a country have said, hey, you know what? Bacon is good and we're going to continue to eat it. Um, and that's what AI can do. What are the trend lines around this? I was just at the grocery store yesterday and you can still see that supply and, you know, I come back to the supply chain also got whacked. And inflation is also whacking us right now. And we don't know where, you know, either of them are going to lead us over the next six months. So you really do have to look at that recency as well as that history to predict that future. Are people buying more of this brand because they are gravitating towards it or because the other brands weren't able to produce and therefore it's seen a spike? So you're going to have to look at all these things to really understand that forecast. And is this for is this forecasting and kind of this real time attention to trends? Is that also what helps with inventory management too, or is is there something kind of additionally too, or is that kind of what we're talking about? No, that's that's it exactly, right? That forecast really can help in a couple of different ways. One is inventory management and making sure we have enough and not too much, right? Both sides of the coin there, and it can help with front of the store. Uh, it can help with the replenishment as well. So that becomes something that it can do. It can also help with pricing. Pricing is, is, you know, one of the things that we've been saying is that there isn't a person that's working today in general that's seen this level of inflation. We haven't seen it since the early 80s in the United States. So we don't know exactly how the consumer is going to react. We don't know how the consumer is reacting as a price goes up. We can all guess that, look, we're going to move to bigger pack sizes. We're going to move to more unbranded stuff, right? And we can see it in P&G's earnings. We can see it in every grocer's earnings around that. But how long are these trends going to continue? Where can we actually take price? Where do we have to hold price? What are the items that really are driving customers to the store? What are the items driving margin? This is something where AI is really going to be one, a disruptive force and a force for good for grocers, really to maintain margins. I feel like too, uh, when I was talking to your CMO the other day, um, something she brought up that I thought was interesting was um, 
uh, this idea of not making assumptions with pricing, grocers not making assumptions. So, um, you know, instead of saying, okay, well, the way we're going to move this inventory is we're going to put us, we're going to do a sale and it's going to be 20% off, or this is going to be, we're going to do an online coupon versus a mailer or, yeah. um, so maybe talk to us about how, how does it help with not, you know, not having those kind of assumptions and, and, um, you know, coming up with better strategy that actually works with, with regard to pricing. So pricing is, is both an art and a science, and we're, we're really helping with the science to understand what really is the lift by the promotion versus what's something that's event-driven versus how it's going to hit other product categories as well. So one example that we often use is at one grocer, you know, the, um, the bread aisle, the, the bakery was doing one thing. They're always putting bagels on sale. The dairy folks were also putting cream cheese, and it was actually at the same time. So you're getting bagels and cream cheese off at the same time. And there was no lift, right? There was no lift by doing that. Spread that out, and you actually make more money for both dairy and bread. So allow people to actually uh, work across departments and divisions and understand how me doing something is affecting the whole basket for the whole grocer um because everybody's trying to do the right thing it's information that helps them see okay am i really doing it or not so what i'm hearing you say is get out of the silos talk to each other and ai is one way to do that uh without sending a thousand emails every day to say hey right. i noticed you did this what the heck <laughs> that's it that's it exactly right it's allowing people to have a much better first draft and a first draft that covers a whole company around this. Oh, that's great. Really interesting. Um, I know another question I had for you, and I think this is, uh, this is interesting to me is, you know, when we're talking about AI, I, you know, I know for, you know, I know the, the big guys are already doing this, uh, you know, mid-sized grocers, maybe, maybe. And what about independence? You know, I'm, I'm interested, is this, um, is thinking about AI something that, uh, you know, those groups can afford? Um, and, and what does that look like for the mid-sized grocer, for the independent grocer? How are you seeing those groups using AI on a regular, yeah, basis? On a regular basis? So Chloe, you cut out a little bit, but I think I understood the question. Um, and it was basically the big guys are doing it, the mid guys, maybe a little bit, and then the small. I think that the beauty of AI is it can be a great equalizer. What the big guys are doing, the small guys should be able to do too. If they have the will and the courage to actually go do it, it can actually happen for them. Because as you look at some of these models and what's going on, selfishly, I think you need external help to do it because internal teams are just not, there's so much going on, they can't do it. But if if you actually give the data to the right people and make sure that they, they have it, you can actually enable ChatGP3 within two months in marketing, customer service, around the business intelligence I was talking about. On the forecasting, by actually being slightly smaller than the big guys, you have an advantage of actually being better uh, at the forecasting. There's actually, you know, hey, look, I'm trying to do this. And I mean, for a large grocer across the country, that's actually slightly more challenging than trying to do it for a small grocer with 40 stores in four states, three stores and 50 states. You can get it really right. You can get it really right and have levels of service that the big guy can't manage. I love that, uh, like, uh, the, like the, ser the, 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 the service, service component as a uh, sort of a leverage towards the big guys. Um, yeah, that's 
Makes so much sense. I'm going to have pricing that really meets the needs of my customer. And I know my customer in this area much better than any big guy can do it uh, at the end of the day. That's great. Um, Prashant, I was going to say any, anything else, any, you know, trends as we continue to move forward in 2023 in this area, um, any other takeaways that you want to give us? I mean, I think the one thing that I would say to any grocer is, um, I just saw the movie air, right. With Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and it's about air Jordan, but just do it. You've got to take the leap and just do it. Take an area, take a piece and go out and do it. Whether it's with your internal team or an external team, go out and try it. Don't expect 100% accuracy the first time. It's not going to be like all working, but have the will to go out and try it, fail maybe a little bit, and keep going with it. The results are there, and it's really going to help the bottom line. Wonderful. That's great. Great takeaway. Prashant, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, and just thanks again for joining us today. We can't wait to have you back. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks so much.